There is an old saying, there is no second chance for a first impression. Therefore, it's important to prepare yourself for an interview in order to make a great impression. So how should you prepare yourself for a great job interview? Hi, welcome back to Paul Group's Employment Schmooze. I'm your host, Chaim Desser, CEO of Paul Group Staffing. As an executive recruiter, I mostly deal with experienced candidates who are not new to the workforce. But since most great candidates are not job jumpers, and it could very well be that the last time they were seeking for a new job opportunity was many years ago. Not only did they not have a chance to update their resume, they also forgot how it feels to sit in an interview with an employer and don't have much experience with job interviews. It's also understood that not everyone has natural self-sales skills to be able to promote themselves efficiently. As recruiters, we encounter many highly capable candidates who are not ready to master a job interview. That's why I feel it's a topic that should be discussed. I will not start with simple basics. I hope that everyone who is in the current workforce understands how a resume should look. But more importantly, how important it is to first work on updating your resume. Employers do not have the time to start a conversation from scratch. They want to know about your experience before they even schedule a meeting with you. I've heard countless times from candidates telling me and my staff, trust me, I don't need a resume. Just get me into the door. Once I sit with the employer, leave the rest up to me, I'll sell myself. But what they don't get is that A, no matter how capable you are, you will come across very unprofessional without a resume. And B, business owners and hiring managers can't afford to spend time figuring out who you are or what type of experience you have. They are busy individuals and they would rather appreciate if they don't have to start listening to your life story from where you started off until your experience as of today. So if someone else does and they provide them with a resume, they will first look into the candidate who provides them with a resume. I get that no one likes to be put into a box and some candidates are afraid if they just show their current experience, then they might limit themselves for many other opportunities. Let's say, for example, if your experience is only in operations and there is an opening in a more executive level position, which you feel you can be a fit for. And you worry that if it doesn't say specifically in your resume that you have that same experience, then you'll never have a chance to pitch for such a position. I get your point. When a company approaches a recruiting company, they are generally looking for an apples-to-apples employee match. However, some skills are transferable. And there are jobs which include employee skills and responsibility which are not expressly stated in a resume, and recruiters have a way to sink straight to the core, and so do hiring managers. Will some companies still insist on hiring only apples-to-apples candidates? Yes, absolutely. But that smaller percentage should not scare you off trying. By sending in a resume or allowing a recruiter to advocate for you, you can only stand to gain. When you put yourself out there, you have two things working in your behalf. First, Recruiters who are looking to make great placements will try to push for you. And second, employers who are interested in hiring great talent will look into it as well. So don't choose the option of not sharing your information, not trying at all, because in that case, there is zero gain there. Now let's move on. When you already get an opportunity for an interview with an employer, how should you prepare for it? I advise candidates to not bring up compensation requirements in the first conversation with an employer. 
unless the employer or the hiring manager brings it up first. You should first try to see if you are a fit for the position in terms of your skills and see if you feel that a company environment is for you, etc. The last conversation should be about money. Obviously, if you use a recruiter to represent you and you are open with the recruiter about your numbers, then the recruiter will know how to negotiate for you. It is also important to keep in mind to focus on portraying yourself as an asset instead of becoming a liability. It is very easy to come across as a liability if you try to explain to the employer how big your family is or how big your monthly mortgage is. You might come across unwillingly as a fundraiser and not as a valuable provider. Keep in mind that the main purpose of the interview is to show your expertise, which is the key factor to employers, and that's what they value most. First, focus on the match. Money is not always the answer to all your problems. It's important to have a job and responsibility, but if you don't like the work or if you actually hate your environment and the only thing you like about it is the compensation, that will most likely not be a long-lasting opportunity for you because at the end of the day, you'll be burned out. It needs to be a fit first and then comes the compensation. In addition, I always suggest that job seekers should not try to negotiate compensations with potential employers. Rather, leave it to the recruiter to negotiate on your behalf. This is because you might come across as too aggressive. People usually are very intense when they negotiate money. And if you are pitching for a high-level opportunity where it is expected that you will build and lead teams, then you should rather try to showcase a more pleasant and polite side of yourself. I understand the argument that you would also want to show employers your negotiation skills. But I'm inclined to argue that when the recruiter negotiates on your behalf and goes back and forth, your negotiation skills will still reflect and be presented. You gain more if you first showcase yourself as a unifier and as a leader. You will come across in a much better way. You should also be prepared if you are in a leadership position. You will probably be asked how you would deal with tough situations. The employer might give you some scenarios on what they are looking to solve. And there might very well be some conversations where you'll need to hold your ground and not be wishy-washy or sound like a yes man. So don't worry. There will be an opportunity for you to showcase your tougher sides as well. But that should come from an avenue when you showcase your experience and not from negotiating your own compensation. You should also note that an intelligent employer who has experience in hiring top talent might also seek to find your weak points. If you know them and they ask you outright what your weak points are, you should be prepared to answer the question. And since we are human and no one is 100% perfect, there is nothing wrong about being open and upfront about it. If you are creative, then you can bring your weaknesses out in a positive way. For example, let's say if your weakness is that you are direct. You can't tolerate nonsense, so you can bring that out in a nice way. Saying that you don't like to sugarcoat things. You are the type to deal with situations more direct. Telling the truth bluntly, and you expect your team to be open and direct with you as well. Because you feel that sugarcoating situations can lead to deception and just waste time. Versus being open and direct, we'll get straight to the bottom of the situation and resolve it much more quickly. This is an example taking what some can perceive as a negative and portraying it in a positive way which can benefit a company. It is also important to be upfront and honest with your working schedule before they hire you. I would suggest it's not wise to talk about it in your first meeting because then you might come across as someone who is not 
a committed employee, but when it comes closer to giving you an offer, you should make sure that the employers know if you plan to be absent within the first six to eight months of your employment start date. Don't assume that every employer will be okay with it. Some feel that by not being upfront with them, you're just taking advantage. I'm not advising anything here from a legal point of view. My point is if you are in a management or an executive leadership position where you need that the employer's heart should be aligned with you as well, you will be working together, then it will be a better choice to be open with them if you plan to be out from work for a substantial period. I would like to share an instance where it worked out perfectly because it was planned out properly. I worked with the candidate and placed him into one of the companies I work with. The candidate had an arrangement with his wife who came originally from Israel that for one month in the summer and one month in the winter, she will be in Israel with her family and he will join her on her trips for at least 10 days each time. And that was excluding holidays. This candidate was a plant manager. As a plant manager of a busy operation, it wasn't so easy to tell an employer that he will be missing two weeks in the summer and two weeks in the winter. If he misses a long weekend, okay, but he's a production guy and needs to take full responsibility of a plant. He can't be out for such long periods of a time. But since he came through a recruiter, we guided him and we negotiate with the employer and it worked out perfectly. One of my pitching points to the employer was the fact that the assistant manager will be trained and know exactly what to do in a day when the manager can't show up. Here you have someone who knows that he needs to rely on his assistant and delegate properly. Because I have witnessed how managers at other companies are afraid to give over too much of what they know because they are frightened that they will not be needed so much. They want to secure their position thinking it will not be easy to replace them, which is, by the way, a stupidity because holding back your team makes you a weaker leader, not a better one. So our client, this employer, gave it a shot and it turned out that this production manager trained his team extremely well and therefore he had more freedom than anyone else in the company. He was also more available to help advise the company on how to take things to the next level. He was also able to manage and look on his team instead of constantly only looking in the team. If you train your team well, then you can help work on the business instead of only working in the business. As it turns out, that what seemed to be shortcoming of someone became a vehicle to his and the company's success. Since we're speaking about honesty and openness, the same is relevant when it comes to compensation. When you're being asked about what you're looking for, Numbers do not lie. It must make sense. You need to research what companies pay on average for an employee who has your expertise. And if you know that you're more experienced, then you can ask for more. But don't ask only because you know that the employer is desperate now. I've seen many times where it backfired. And it might be a much bigger risk to ask for an above market compensation than first starting and prove yourself and then making the case that you're worthy of more. I've been around the ups and downs of the economy. I've seen an employee's market and an employer's market. And I can tell you that when the employment market turns, the first to go are those who are overvalued. I remember one of my clients who are in the construction industry in 2008 when it was a tough market and an overall decline of the economy, he hauled on to most of his employees and paid them their full salary even when they were not so busy. He said, I know and I believe we will get busy again soon. The population grows and construction will be back, but then it might cost me more to start hiring and training them. My employees who are currently here are all worth the value according to their experience. 
And he was right. The market eventually came back and he stayed with great employees. So again, my point is that overselling yourself might give you a short-term gain. But if you really want a long-lasting career, then prepare your numbers according to your value. And a great experienced recruiter should be able to help you prepare for your interviews properly. They also most likely know more about the employer than you do and will guide you appropriately. And now let's go to a poll group job advertisement. A real estate investment firm located in Brooklyn is looking for an in-house accountant to work hands-on, taking care of all financial responsibilities, dealing with outside accountants, and with multiple investors. Candidate must have experience with 1031 exchanges and working in a real estate company. This setting is a private office in Brooklyn. The candidate will be required to do other basic office work as well. The position pays in the range of 150K plus potential. Please send your resume to cd at pollgroup.com. That's cd at P-O-E-L-G-R-O-U-P.com. Wishing you continued luck in whatever you do. Have a great day.